Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. I appreciate all you being here today, and I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Peter, and we're going to start a series on, on miracles and how that uh, miracles still happen and uh, miracles do happen. And we're going to see today how that miracles happen in the fire. All of us go through different things at different times in our life. And uh, we're going to look at God's Word today and see how God can work in your life and in my life and bring a miracle. And many, many times we don't think that can happen, but it still does today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today, Lord. Lord, you're the God of miracles. And Lord, we know that through your word woven all throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, you give us those truths, the examples of people that actually had happened to, the way that you've worked it, only that you could do. Lord, we thank you that you still work today. I don't know what's on the hearts of those that are watching, those that are here. But I know, Lord, that there are times in our life that we look up and say, Lord, only you can do what we need to have happen. So whatever it is in the hearts of people today, whatever their deepest concerns are, that where they need a miracle, Lord, let them know that you still work in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you take your Bible and uh, all throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, there's probably, I don't know, they say somewhere around 180 miracles in the Bible. And, and a miracle actually is just a, uh, it's a supernatural event, which we, which we realize, but it's a, it's a supernatural event that is unexplainable. So we could say it's a supernatural, but to bring in the, you can't explain it. The Lord just did it, and whatever it is that we need to have. But, but there's, a, there's about 180 or so miracles in the, taking the Old Testament and the New Testament and bring it all together. That's how many there are in the Bible. And this is what we, this is what we do many times uh, when we hear this. We take the Bible out here, and the Bible's here, and okay, yeah, there's, there's, there's all those miracles in the Bible, but, you know, I, you know I, and we don't associate with that. We don't realize that it can happen still today, and those miracles can happen to you. And, and if you don't believe it, know that God saved you. That's a, one of the greatest miracles that I see, that God was so patient with me and how that he saved us. That's a miracle within itself. To know that if God can save us, there are miracles that he can still do today. And the devil wants to sow that doubt in your life to where you don't think it can happen. As far as that we don't even pray about it because it's, it's so insurmountable. Maybe it's something in your finances or your health or your kids, job situation. I don't know what it might be. But I want you to know today that God still is the God of miracles. He hasn't changed. And what does he tell us the things that happen to us in this life in 1 Peter chapter 4? Listen to verse 12 and 13. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing 
has happened to you. Isn't that just like us? I'm so glad that verse is in there like this because, you know, what do we say to someone else when something happens to us? You know, that, that we don't, I, why is this happening to me? That's exactly what we say. Why is this happening to me? And if, you, it, it, and if you're like me or anybody else, when something happens in your life that's not good, it always comes when one or two other things. It doesn't just come by itself. There's something else, whack, whack, you know. And, and, and you're just, you just feel like you're on that, that little boat out in the ocean and you're just going back and forth and you can't, you can't, get, your, you can't get settled. It's exactly what the devil wants to do. But God says, I want you to know it's not a strange thing. We live in this life. Things are going to happen that God knows about. And we should be asking for a miracle because when something happens that the devil throws at us, what are we supposed to do? Well, he continues on. So he tells us that we don't really understand this, but he tells us in verse 13, he says, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. You know, you should jump up and down for all the difficulty you've had this year. Isn't that great? That's what it's saying. And it's like, really? I mean, really, are we supposed to be just, oh, Lord, I'm so glad that I, I, this is happening in my life, you know? Well, no, but at the same time, we can say, Lord, I, I, the reason that I can have joy and peace is because you're going to take this and, and you're going to use it for your glory. And I'm going to either bring others to you because of that. I'm going to have my testimony that's part of this. And also at the same time, you know what else it does when we have adversity that goes on in our life? It makes us think more about eternity. Hey, we're, we're flying through this life and all the things that we see happen in this world. There's a great example in the Bible is the, the, the testing of the, is that we see there that that testing that we have, that fiery trial, there's a, there's a fire that we see of a miracle in the Old Testament that God is going to use and show us today. In Daniel chapter 3, and I want to give you some background of this. In Daniel chapter 3, we have three young men, and, and the names that they have been given are really names from Babylon. The, the king renamed these three young Jewish men. In Daniel chapter 3, we're going to look at verse 14 in just a minute. But let me give you a little background because I think it's always so important when we are trying to be encouraged that we know that the people in the Bible, they're... they're they're just like us. They're, they're still people. It always amazed me that Abraham lied about his wife and saying that, that that was his sister when he went before a foreign land. And can you imagine the, 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 I would love to hear the conversation after everything worked out good that he told the king that, no, this is my sister, it's not my wife. And the reason he did that, he thought, well, she was so beautiful that they were going to kill him and, and take her. So he, he lied to the king. said, no, this is my wife. And then the king later on found out that that was uh, not his sister, but his wife. But who was Abraham? Uh, Abraham was one of the greatest followers of God that we have in the Bible. But yet we forget he was still human. 
And you look at your life and I look at my life and the devil knows that we know in the latter times he says the time is short so he's going to work overtime. He's going to so accuse you of things in your past or maybe things you've done. He's going to so accuse you, you say to yourself, you know what, I'm not even going to ask for that miracle because, yeah, this, I, you know, I don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. Daniel chapter 3, background is this. We all have short-term memories. It's amazing. And the king of that day, Nebuchadnezzar, the previous chapter, he can't understand this dream that he has, let alone he can't figure it out. He can't understand it. He doesn't know what's taking place. And he goes to all, all the magicians and all the the wise people of his day in Daniel chapter 2, not Daniel chapter 3, but giving you the background. And he says this, I not only want you to interpret the dream for me, I want you to tell me the dream. Now, that's really impossible. And they're having a conversation. The king's saying he's going to kill all of us if we can't not only... He's supposed to tell us what the dream is and we can interpret it. But no, he says, tell me what the dream is and then I want you to interpret it. That's impossible. Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were there in Babylon. They were part of this group. And this is what's so important is the background of this, of all these other other men. And so... Daniel goes in prayer, all these other magicians and, and astrologers and all of the wise people that they were losing it because they know they're going to die. They can't, they, they can't let alone interpret the dream, let alone tell him what the dream is, then interpret it. So Daniel goes before the Lord and the Lord shows him what the dream is and interprets it. So Daniel goes before the king and says, hey, king, because this is your dream and this is the interpretation of it. And what it was is a dream, which is a whole nother message about the end days, about the latter time, even the times that we're living in. Tells him all these things, and the king loves it. It's exactly what he wanted to hear. And because of that, now here's what's important. Because of that, they were elevated, okay? Daniel, his three, three friends, were all elevated to higher positions. Even though they were captive, they were still elevated. It reminds me for you today as the story of Joseph. The Bible says if Joseph was in the land of Egypt, he had nothing, but yet he still had God's favor on his life. You might feel the same way today. I want you to know, even though you're at a place, you're kind of like, I don't understand what's going on here. I can't get a handle on any of it. I don't know how this is going to work out, but God's favor is still on your life, even though in the midst of not knowing how it's going to work out. God's favor was with Daniel and his three friends, even though they were in captivity. They were taken to the land of Babylon when Jerusalem fell in war, and the Babylon warriors took them back to Babylon, and here they are. King of elevates them. Now, guess who else got out of trouble because of that? All the other men of the day, man, because of of Daniel and his three friends, man, this is great. Man, we could write on this for a long time. Everything's good, you know. They should be happy, right, that that Daniel and these three young men, and because of them, they're going to live. But that's exactly opposite of what the world 
did, what they did. And that's the world. See what happens to you and me? We get set up like we look at other people, and when they let us down, it's because we have expectations. And they let us down. We go, why why is this happening to me? The next chapter, which is Daniel chapter 3, they become jealous of Daniel and his three friends to the point that they want to kill him. Now, this doesn't, what? I mean, they just helped them the previous, I mean, just not too long ago. This is what I want you to share with you today. This is the world that we live in. All the people around you, as a believer, they don't like who you are. They don't like what you stand for. And you're wondering, how am I going to get ahead in the workplace or certain situations? Because it doesn't seem possible. Because everything around me is against me. God says, if you continue to follow me, it doesn't matter what it looks like. Look to me. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Look to me, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So as we do that, he tells them, and in these verses that we're going to read to give you the background, that this is what's going on. So they, they create a plan. They go to the king and say, king, you, you are loved by everyone in Babylon, hundreds of thousands of people. And you know what? You're, you're not just love, but we, we need to remind everybody every day who you are. So we're going to make this huge statue of you. And every day at a certain time, when they hear all the music played throughout all the land, everybody's going to bow down to that statue. They say the statue that was supposed to look like Nebuchadnezzar and, and what it looked like was somewhere between, now it's football season, so I'll explain it to you, somewhere between 30 yards and 50 yards, okay? Can you figure it out easy? I, I can't go by feet. I'm not going to give that to you because I don't even understand how high that is. But so you go 30 yards or 50 yards, you can get that picture. This is pretty tall. So it's sitting there. They got it up, took them a while to build. Here we go. All happens. All throughout the land, everybody bows down. Oh, king, we love you. There's the image of you up. Everybody can see it from all over because it's so large. And the music plays. Everybody bows down. It's exactly what these guys that were going against Daniel and his three friends. Now, we don't know where Daniel was. We think that the king so trusted him that he was probably out at another providence somewhere in the land doing work for the king. Because it only talks about his three friends here. So, that being said, those men that they helped save their life now turn around and are against them. Have you seen that ever happen if you've been in a workplace long enough? How that you have seen someone get a promotion that you work with, and it's like they turn into a different person. You don't even know who this person is now. Why is that? I don't know if it's human nature. I don't know what it is. But I want you to know as a believer, we live in this world, and the devil hates what you stand for. But God is still going to bless you no matter what this fiery trial looks like that you're going through right now. God's still saying, hey, if you trust me, If you believe me, I got a miracle for you. No matter what it looks like, and the only reason it doesn't happen, because we give up. We give up. So sure enough, these men that hate, that just, they helped save their life, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the music plays, everybody in the all land, thousands of people bow down, you know, everybody, it's all, you know, oh, it's a great thing, the king loves it, and, and 
but it worked exactly the way these guys wanted it to happen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't, they didn't bow down. And we're going to find out why they didn't bow down. In verse 14, I'm going to read down through verse 18 in Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, the flutes, the the tire, the, the, or the lyre, and the psaltery, and the sym symphony, and all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? This is their answer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, we have no need to answer you in this matter. What do you mean? What are they saying? They're saying, hey, king, um, we, don't, we don't need another chance. The answer is already in us. So don't, basically they were saying, don't waste your time of doing the whole thing of the music and all that to see if we're going to bow down. We're not going to do it. And uh, he wasn't real happy about that. So, verse 17, he says, listen, this is what I want you to get. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. Whatever you are going through, whatever is taking place in your life, always know that God is able to deliver. Always comes through. God is able to deliver. And not only that, he, he reminds themselves personally, but also reminds everybody that day. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. This is what's so important I want you to get. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods and will not, we will worship the gold image. We won't, which you have set up. Do you know in the world, more than any other religious group, that has been martyred last year, more than any other religious group, it's Christians. We even see that now in Afghanistan. 200,000 Christians were, were, were murdered last year because they named the name of Jesus Christ. 200,000. More than any other group. Why? Where are they now? They're, they're in heaven. See, all the Herods, all the kings, all those in the Bible, all those that, that, that were wicked in there, and whether it was Jezebel or Ahab, or you can go down the list of all the people who we thought were winning at the time. They thought that they were winning. Where are they? They're in hell. Where are the believers that they persecuted? Where are those believers 100 years from now, 1,000 years from now? They're in heaven. See, what they were saying, they had the right perspective. Why did they have the, here's the key, why did they have the right perspective? Why could they stand in the midst of a fiery trial knowing that their life is probably going to be taken from them? Why could they do that? Get this. It's because of the way that they were brought up. These were three young men. They weren't older. They were young men. But when you were taken in captivity, it was common to change your name because they want to change your name. They wanted to change your language. They wanted to change everything about who you were. 
so you would be part of their society. But God's hand was so on these three young men, that's why they were elevated because those people that day, no matter what answer that the king needed, no matter what needed to happen in that day, they saw a difference in their life. And he used them as wise men in his, in his life, in his kingdom. Why? Because they served the true and the living God. The conviction was there since they were young. We get so concerned. We say, oh, you know, when kids go off to college, they, you, know, they're, they're, you know, most of them just never come back to the Lord. Well, yeah, some of that's true. But those that were trained right, that have the conviction, it might have been five years, 10 years, maybe 15 or 20 years. But God tells us in his word, listen, parent, if you have a wayward child, it doesn't matter what age they are. God tells us as we train them when they're young, when they have to make the right decision, if the conviction is deep within them, they will make the right decision. And even though if they don't make it right then, they'll make it further down the road because you, through your testimony and through your life, you have instilled in them the right way. And who is the true and the living God can only get peace and joy from. That's what we have here in these three young men. They were three young men that were convicted so strongly, even unto death they knew doesn't matter. We know we're going to heaven. You, you can kill us, but we're still going to heaven. But if we live, hey, it's all good too. Let's continue. Verses 14 through, or I'm sorry, verses uh, 19 through 25. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they he, oh, that the heat of the furnace had it heated seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, the king's command was urgent. Because of this, the furnace was exceedingly hot. The flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What was happening? What, what was being shown here? What was being shown here that this fire was real. It was so real and so hot that the men that threw them in there died because of probably the smoke and the heat and the, and the fire that was coming out. They died. What is the example here? What's God showing us? The world no matter how strong that they think they might be, is still going to die. You might think that you're going to die, but you will live forever and ever and ever. This is how they went into that situation. They were bound, they were taken, and they were thrown in. And they were thrown into the fire, and it continues, and God tells us, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered, yes, king. That's true. Look. He answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Who told him that? 
he doesn't know who the Son of God is. We told him that. God's Spirit told him to speak that. That's the Son of God. I want you to know in the midst of whatever fire that you're in that you think that you don't stand a chance. The miracle is Jesus is always with you. That's what I want you to get today. The greatest miracle is he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. That's, don't miss that miracle. Know that Jesus, he, he tells his disciples and they're, they're concerned he's getting ready to leave this world. And he says, hey, it's going to be okay because I'm going to bring you my spirit that's going to be with you all the time, 24 hours a day, always with you, always. I'll never leave you or forsake. The miracle that I want you to know today and that I want you to get when you're in the midst of the fiery furnace and you don't know what to do, God says, I'm right here with you. And when I'm right here with you, even though, <laughs> let me just put it this way. Fire doesn't and can't burn you when you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Fire can't burn you. This world can't burn you. People can't burn you when you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You might think that you're going to lose, but God wants you to know today, whatever you're going through, whatever that you are facing, that he is right there with you. The Son of God is with you. He will walk with you through the fire. And what else happens? Well, we're going to close with this. Let's look at down at verses uh, 26 through 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, in other words, those that represented the governors of the day, administrators and also the governors, and the king's counselor gathered together, and they saw these men of whom the bodies of fire had no power. You get that? Had, not a little bit, had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor was the garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. You know what? You know how God so works our life. That fiery tire that you're going through right now. Do you know what? How God, if you hang in there and you watch Him perform a miracle in your life, and He comes through, and you don't quit, you don't give up. Years down the road, just like that, years down the road, it'll be a distant memory. It didn't. They, they couldn't even smell the fire on them. The trial that you're going through right now that you're going to be able to look back someday, it hit, will have strengthened you. When we go through those trials, God strengthens us. That's why we can have peace and joy. That You know what? God is, God's not doing this and, or letting this happen just to tease us. We're in this world. We have to live in this world. And we know the devil hates who we are and who we stand for. But Jesus is right there with us. That's the miracle. And secondly, to know that you will always, always win. And down the road, what has hurt you so bad right now, it will just become a distant memory. And he continues and we'll close. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. 
Man, I mean, he just, he, he's, he's like here you got this wicked king that's like almost preaching a sermon within itself. He said, he say, hey, they trusted in the true and the living God. That's all God wants from you and I today. That's all he wants. He doesn't want you to try and figure it out. He doesn't want you to do it on your own strength. He doesn't need your money to do it. Any, all those different things. He just wants you to trust him. That's all he wants. Will you trust me? That's what he wants. Let's continue. We'll close. And they have frustrated the king's word and yield their bodies, and they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I will make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Oh, oh that's, uh, that's not real uh, uplifting, is it? <laughs> now, let me, let me close with it. What happens? What happens? I think, man, what did all those guys think that went against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Man, they were like, well, you know. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, everything good? Okay, you know, right? I mean, the the very guys that went against them actually had to go to them. And guess what? They became their bosses. Think about that. They were elevated again. God tells us in his word right there. So I'm here to share with you today the same, whether it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Joseph in the Old Testament in Genesis, that when you think that you've lost everything, God is still with you in that fiery trial. And to know, to know that only he can take those, whatever they are that has bound you, and break them and set you free down the road. You'll never even remember what happened. All you know is God did something amazing, which is called a miracle. And all I had to do was trust him. Every one of us here today or listening need a different miracle in a different way. I don't know what it is, but I know that as brothers and sisters in Christ, I close with this today. Why is it so important we're here? Why is it so important that we have brothers and sisters in Christ? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to make also the decision that they made because they were with each other. I want you to know that as you look around this place or you run into each other through the week, that as a brother and sister in Christ, we are here to, to embolden and encourage each other in the time that we live in. Yeah, we can, hey, remember this? Know what God can do? Yeah, that's what they were telling each other. And they made the right decision because they believed in the true and the living God. And they say, hey, we're going to do this together. And God always wins whether we're going to be in heaven in one second or whether we're going to continue to live. God is still the same God today as thousands of years ago. And he wants to give you that miracle. And he has other people in your life to remind you and to remind me who he is and what he can do. Don't overlook those people in your life that love you, that care for you, that are believers in Christ and say, hey, I'm right here with you in the fire. Let's pray. So our heads are bowed today. I don't know if you're listening, whether you're here, what you're going through is a 
brother in Christ or a sister in Christ as a mom or a dad or what you're dealing with with your kids. I don't know what you're fa- Maybe it's something that you didn't even know what you were going to face last six months ago, and now you're dealing with something you thought you'd never have to face. It's no surprise to Jesus, and he's right there with you in the fire. And he's going to give you a miracle. I don't know how. I don't know when. But I know that you and I serve a true and a living God. And the Son of God who you accepted as your Savior, and you fill in the blank whenever that was, has saved you, has a plan for your life, Your name's written down in that Lamb's Book of Life in heaven, and someday before we know it, we'll all be there together. So this fiery furnace that we face in this life, whatever it might be, just know. God brought you here today or had you tune in to listen to this message because he knows exactly what you need. And what you need is a person, and his name is Jesus. Just Just to remind you today, hey, there with you. Romans chapter 10 tells us, so whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We always give an opportunity, whether it's through the airways, whether it's here, for you to know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and for mine. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus shall be saved. Say, Dallas, what do I have to do It's not Baptist, Catholic. It's not whatever your background is, what you've done, what you haven't done. It's about are you willing to say, Jesus, I believe who you are and you died on a cross for me, that you are the Son of God. And all you have to do is pray this prayer. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. You came into this world. You died on a cross for all of my sins. And right now, Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I know that you died on the cross for me. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you today for those, if they're listening or here. Lord, I, I don't know where, who, whatever, but if there's someone that has... Pray that prayer. Let them know, Jesus, that you are with them in the fiery trial that they face, that they're in. And you'll never leave them. You'll never forsake them. That's the greatest miracle next to our own salvation is to know that you're always with us. Lord, if there's someone here today who wants to come forward and I can pray with them, and for someone that has prayed, may they let us know, Lord, through the airways or through YouTube. Father, we thank you that you give us hope for the time that we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says, by faith, 
we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on a cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son and you came and lived a perfect life and you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope knowing that Jesus is your Savior and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.